0: Glory to Jesus Christ. Welcome to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Loyal, your host. It came
1: upon a midnight clear, that glorious song of old.
0: Oh, hello, elves.
1: Hello, Father Tom.
0: You know, as I was growing up, you'd hear about these elves that used to help St. Nicholas or Santa Claus, whichever. And I guess um, I don't have to doubt that anymore. I guess they're true because they really do exist and they're here with us at Light of the East. We'll be hearing more from our elves. In fact, they have a special gift for us here at Light of the East during the season of giftedness. So welcome again, elves, to Light of the East. Thank you, Father Tom. We're so happy to be here. Speaking of guests dropping in, such as our elves. Yay! I'm sure during this season of Christmas, you will be visiting family. Family will be visiting you. People will be dropping by, relatives, friends, to exchange cheer and well wishes and blessings. Well, a similar thing happens in the Byzantine liturgical calendar this Sunday, and actually it started last Sunday as well, but in particular this Sunday, it's about Jesus' family. And we read the genealogy from the gospel about the lineage of Jesus going all the way back to Adam and all of his ancestors. In fact, we call this the Sunday of the Holy Fathers, or the Sunday before Christmas. Last Sunday was also the Sunday of the Holy Fathers, but it was the Holy Patriarchs. You know, those prophets and great people that came before Christ who were not necessarily part of his lineage, to some degree they were, but they were part of the promise, part of that covenant. They foretold that covenant, they prefigured it. Well, now we have the bloodline of Jesus Christ. And like your family and mine, all families, let's face it, because of original sin, which is why, of course, one of the reasons Christ came into the world in the first place, through original sin, we all have families that, well, shall I say, cover probably a very broad spectrum, from sinners to saints. Well, we're all saints in some respect, and we're all sinners in some respects as well. But certainly there is the glorious aspects of our families, and then there's the dysfunction, and there's even the embarrassing things. There's everything in between. Well, so it was with Jesus Christ as well. His lineage was not just always filled with saints. There were many saints and great people, or people started out being not so good but became good, or God worked through them. We have people like Rahab, the harlot. We have occasions of incest. We have occasions of the bloodline actually being mixed with people who are not of the Jewish faith. We have a number of things that would be considered to be maybe awkward or embarrassing aspects of Jesus's family, his lineage. And yet God worked through all of that. That's one of the reasons why we read that long lineage of Jesus Christ, to show how God worked through time and history and nature. That's the whole point of this season, the incarnation, that God incarnates himself into our reality, even and especially sometimes the dark side of our reality, and he works great things through that. That's the real joy of this season, of this event of Christ's birth, that the darkness, the evil, the bad, the sinful does not triumph. The last word is God, who takes even the bad even the darkness, and turns it into light, turns it into gift, turns it into redemption. And so we look at this long list of names of Jesus Christ, and sometimes as we're standing there listening to this long list in the church during liturgy, we wonder, why are we reading this? Because in between it always says, begat, so-and-so begat, so-and-so, so-and-so begat, so-and-so. I remember growing up as a young Byzantine Catholic boy and always wondered, why do we read such a seemingly ridiculous gospel? I am mean, not that the gospel is ever ridiculous, I didn't think that, but it seemed kind of ridiculous it's because of all that begotten these strange names. Well, of course, later on I learned, as I'm explaining here right now, that there is great significance as this genealogy, now I really appreciate it. It has a real meaning and a real message behind it. And as always, we communicate the meaning of a feast day or an event not only through the gospel readings but also through the liturgical hymns the dogmatic hymnography of the byzantine catholic church and in some of our services such as our vesper service this is some of the words that we pray relative to christ's genealogy the faithful and god-wise youths are radiant with joy in the furnace they herald the nativity of christ on earth As the precious dew which the Lord sent down, he now preserves the virgin without stain and enriches her with sublime gifts. Therefore, Daniel, inspired by God, is also happy and full of joy because he had a clear vision of the unhewn stone from the mountain. He now zealously prays for our souls. Notice all the Old Testament references there, the unhewn stone that came from the mountain. In other words, no hand had carved the stone that came from the mountain. Therefore, Daniel, inspired by God, that line there, reference to Daniel, is happy and full of joy. Also, the three U's and the fiery furnace. Now, that has a double meaning, as does Christmas in the liturgical celebration. Christmas always has a double meaning because it always, at the same time, foreshadows or hints at Christ's death and resurrection. So, he's born, comes in the flesh, and the story of the three youths in the book of Daniel who danced in the fiery furnace and also Daniel who survived the lion's den, they are prefigurements of Christ coming and being born in a manger, in the cave, but also they're prefigurements of the resurrection. Now, the reason is, is because, as always, this is the key, something happens in the order of nature and yet outside the order of nature. These youths were thrown into the fire and the furnace was stoked even hotter and hotter, and yet they were untouched. So there was fire, there were human beings, they were put in the fire, so that's all according to the natural order of things. And then what was unnatural or out of the order of things is the fact that they were not consumed. Now that should already be reminding you of something, the virgin birth, where Christ, God himself, whom not even the universe can contain was contained within the womb of a virgin, and she remained unconsumed by holding within her womb infinity, that which is infinite, the infinite God. And also, it's a prefigurement of the resurrection because they came up out of the flames untouched, just as Jesus came out of hell. When he broke the power of hell, descended into hell, as we say in the Creed, and r- raised up Adam and Eve, all humanity, and he himself was victorious and untouched as he smashed the gates of hell and descended there to do great battle with the evil one. So any of these kinds of events in the Old Testament, we read back into through our liturgy and we always see in them, and this is particularly true about all the events that And the liturgical hymns of Christmas, we always see the birth of Christ, but also a hint or foreshadowing of his death and resurrection. The point is, the liturgy is teaching us that this child who came into the world, born in a manger in a cave, came for a purpose. It always turns our gaze forward, keeps us looking forward. Don't get too wrapped up in the beautiful baby in a manger, as wonderful as that is. That's how it began. But there's a purpose there. There's a destiny here. The why behind it all is what our gaze is turned towards through the liturgy iconography of the church in the Byzantine liturgical calendar. Okay, I see our elves were getting restless to offer us their gift. As I mentioned, they dropped in, as I'm sure many guests will drop into your homes during this beautiful season. I guess there are such things as Christmas elves, and they are here to offer us a gift. So, little elves Tell me, what is it you want to offer to us today? We're here to give you the music, the music of Christmas. Christmas. I'm Father Thomas Loya, here with the L's of Christmas on Light of the East. Light of the East mission is Christianity's reunion, and to tell the story of the Eastern Lung of the Catholic Church, we need your support. In order to keep Light of the East on the air, you can make a donation now by going to ByzantineCatholic.com. That's ByzantineCatholic.com. Click on the radio button and then donate securely using any major credit card. With your help, we can keep Light of the East's illumination bright.
1: Welcome to a St. Nicholas Minute. What is a saint anyway? Although I was imprisoned for seven years during a terrible persecution of the church under the pagan Roman Emperor Diocletian, I'm one of the first saints honored not because I suffered a bloody martyrdom like St. Peter or St. Paul. I was called a saint because people began to say, Nicholas loves Jesus so much that you can see a lot of Jesus in him. And that's what a saint is, someone who wants to become more and more like Jesus, who is the light of the world each and every day of our lives. One day when a class of parochial school students were in church, their pastor asked the assembly of children, what is a saint? Then a first grade girl pointed up to a stained glass image of a saint saying, saints are those people who let the light in. And so as we celebrate the birth of Christ, let your light shine before others that they may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. Christ is born. Glorify him. <laughs>
0: you're listening to Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. The Tabor Life Institute, which is dedicated to the formation and education in the theology of the body. To find out more about the Tabor Life Institute, you can go to TaborLife.org. That's taberlife.org. Especially if you're interested in conferences and retreats, particular for youth, young adults, and also for those of you who speak Spanish. That's TaborLife.org. Welcome back to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Loya, your host, as we prepare for the great mystery, the coming of our God in the flesh, the creator, becoming the creature while remaining still the creator, the great mystery. One of the best ways to understand how we celebrate this mystery and mysteries like it, especially in the Eastern churches, is through other churchical hymns, which we spoke about earlier, but also, especially this time of year, through our music, our carols, our chant. And we have our little Christmas elves here in the studio. Father Tom, we love to play the music of Christmas on Light of the East. We're anxious to share with you the riches of the sounds of the Christmas time in the Byzantine Catholic Church, the Christmas carols, or what is also called the koriadi in the Byzantine Catholic Church. A behalf of all of us here at Light of the East, our producer and engineer, Armin Chabatari. Thanks, Father Tom. Wishing you a holy and merry Christmas. Our elves are with us today. Thank you, Father Tom. Yay! Myself, all of us here, wish you a most blessed season of the nativity of our Lord Jesus Christ in the flesh. God is with us. Christ is born. Glorify him. I'm Father Thomas Loyal on Light of the East.